ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Allstate. Welcome into the latest edition of ESPN SC. I'm Dan Thomas, joined the studio today by Shaka Hislop. Full programme of matches midweek in the Premier League. Arsenal was the one that intrigued us today. They're away against Nottingham Forest. A lot of huffing and puffing in the first half, but in the end they make the breakthrough 20 minutes after the break. Gabriel Jesus with the goal, Matt Turner will be disappointed that he couldn't do more to stop it. Saka will then make it too. We see a late goal for Forest, but in the end it's Arsenal who get the victory. Don, it was interesting, wasn't it? If I'm an Arsenal fan watching that first half, I would just be so frustrated with my team because everything was sideways. Nothing was penetrating that Nottingham Forest defence. There was no spark. Forest was sitting deep, absorbing all of that pressure. But as we were kind of preparing to sharpen our knives a little bit and say, ah, here we go again. We've seen this from Arsenal quite a bit this season. They did improve in the second half. Yeah, you're right, Dan. It reminded me of the game when they played against uh, West Ham when they lost 2-0 and then they lost 2-1 against Fulham. Same sort of game plan from the opposition where they sit deep, they sit in a low block and they more or less say to Arsenal, you can have all the ball, you can have all the possession, what you want on the halfway line, you're not a threat. And I thought Mikel Arteta got into his team in the second half and I thought there was so much. I thought Gabriel was, was fantastic tonight. He had a chance where he blasted one off the post when he probably should have scored. But as a centre-forward, his head never went down. He led the line really well. He got his goal. He got an assist. And these are the types of games when you go on the road and you get three points and you get back on the coach and you get back down to London. In the title running, when there's about five or six games to go, if you're still fighting for a title, these are the games that can quite easily get forgotten. And it was a workmanlike performance. It was professional and they got the job done. Don Sabre, quite nicely. From a midweek round, against Forest, you know, not the easiest of places yeah. to go. You get on that bus, you take the three points, and you refocus now on what's happening at the weekend. Uh, absolutely, especially when you, when you consider the opposition. I think Nottingham Forest, a decent Nottingham Forest team that are trending very much in the wrong direction. They're trying to get things back on track. You know, especially at home, they're going to make themselves difficult to beat. Um, so you have to kind of ride out a lot of those early frustrations. And I thought that's what, that's what Arsenal did. Then they get a huge, a huge helping hand in taking the lead. And from then on in, you can only see, you can only see one winner in it. And I know the one you uh, go near the end kind of made things a little bit nervous. I guess that's, again, par for the course with Arsenal of late. Um, but, but truth be told, they, they were fully deserving of, of the three points, though Nottingham Forest did try to make it very difficult for them. And considering his form, a much-needed goal for Saka, Don. Yeah, I still think he's been playing well. I think he's got his goals, he's got assists, but I think he needed that for a sort of personal point of view. I think Martinelli scored a couple of goals against Crystal Palace in their 5-0 win, so he's obviously playing well. I just look at this Arsenal side, Dan, and I don't see the panic in them. I think with the Declan Rice signing, I think he assures everyone, he calms everyone down. I was commentating on the game tonight, and even though it was nil-nil at half-time and nil-nil close to an hour, the more they kept going, the more they kept shifting the ball, the more they get, get the ball to Saka and Martinelli and Jesus... They've got so much quality. Then even Havertz come off the bench and Trossard come off the bench and Ketia come off the bench. So they've got the depth. It's just have they got the quality when they're trying to chase 
potentially Liverpool down, potentially I think the favourites of Man City down because they're the, the best team with De Bruyne back and Haaland back. So that's the acid test. But my word, it sets it up nicely, doesn't it, for the Liverpool game at the weekend? The, the one thing, we, we give Arsenal their, their, their praises for, for the way they've kind of ground out that result. And my concern, and Don kind of alluded to it there in terms of, in terms of the quality, um, but for that mistake, do Arsenal have enough? Right. Or, or would they have had enough to, to, to get the better of Nottingham Forest? Because I think I'm right in saying that, that that first goal was Arsenal's second shot on target all game long. So while I, 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 I stand by my earlier statement that Arsenal were the better of the two when you fell, especially once they took the lead, there was only ever going to be one winner, a point would have done Nottingham Forest. But for that mistake, they wouldn't have had to take more chances. They wouldn't have had to come out any more. Could Arsenal have found a way through if things had remained nil-nil going into the 80th minute? What did Turner do wrong? I, I just think Turner's only job in that position is to defend the near post. And, and not just for, for the obvious reasons, but if you look at, at Arsenal's setup, I think Bakayo Saka is the only other Arsenal player in or around um, not that, that six or twelve yard area, so he was the only intended, only likely target for Gabriel Jesus. And then there were five red shirts in the Nottingham Forest box. So you you assume, if, if as a goalkeeper if you're standing at a near post, if Gabriel Jesus is able to pick out Bakayo Saka through that crowd of red shirts, then that's only defence. Mm. You ask questions of all five of them, but what? And, and once that's taken care of, now. From that tight and, tight and angle, all you have to do, keep your feet together, keep your body up straight. Gabriel Jesus can only beat you one place, and that's high into the roof. Or should only be able to beat you in one place, right. high up to the roof. Where all you have to do is stand with your feet together and, and just body upright. Um, so to kind of gamble on the cross, which is why his legs got caught in, in, in the position that, that they were, I, I thought he didn't need to because... That's on them. That's on, on the defenders. Uh, Forrest have got other worries, haven't they? Meanwhile, for Arsenal, as Don said, still very much in the title race. Let's just take a look at how things stand in the table. You've got Manchester City, of course, in action tomorrow. Liverpool are taking on uh, Chelsea. The bookies have Manchester City uh, as the favourites. Liverpool's second favourites. Arsenal, meanwhile, third favourites. That kind of makes sense, doesn't it, Don? Mainly because maybe what we saw in the first half today, as we've seen other times, is that you feel that City and Liverpool have more match winners, which Arsenal maybe did last season, but their match winners aren't maybe up to the same standard as they were last campaign. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I, and I, and I think, you know, when we talk Arsenal, it's not like we're sort of doing Arsenal down and saying, well, mm. you know, Man City are better and Liverpool are better. Arsenal are really, really good. They're a top side. It's just you're trying to compete with... You know, Liverpool's best back line, I think, is one of the best in the country, back five, including Alisson. Then you go through the midfield and you go through the front line, which got goals everywhere. And Darwin Nunez is massively coming into form and Jota just looks absolutely prolific. And then you go to Man City and you go, well, they're struggling last week against Newcastle. Oh, we'll just bring De Bruyne on. Oh, and then Haaland's fit for tomorrow's game. So you look at Man City, they've been there, they've done it, they're there for a reason, they're a brilliant side. But Arsenal will be in a title race. It's how much have they got Will they have another blip? Well, I just don't think City have got a blip in them. Maybe Liverpool have. And maybe all the effects of Jurgen Klopp, which I'm sure we'll get to, might be a conversation in a few weeks, months to come. But I just think City, are when they want to be flawless, Man City, they can be. Which I don't think Liverpool and Arsenal have got in their locker. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search. Match. 
with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work, use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com slash FC, terms and conditions apply, need to hire, you need Indeed. During Dell Tech Fest, score game-changing innovations with limited time deals on select next-gen Alienware gaming tech. New dimensions await with advanced gaming systems like the Alienware M18 laptop powered by an Intel Core i9 processor featuring awe-inspiring visuals, liquid cooling, three-dimensional audio with Dolby Atmos and impressive overclocking potential. Plus, build your dream setup with great deals on select gaming monitors, mice and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at alienware.com deals, you'll have access to leading-edge gaming technology to conquer the competition and free shipping on everything. Amazing prices await you for a limited time only at alienware.com deals. That's alienware.com deals. Elsewhere, we saw Newcastle go to Aston Villa and for the first time, the hosts were beaten at home this season. Newcastle winning by three goals to one. So it takes a big dent in Aston Villa's aspirations to finish in the top four next season. They remain fourth. Spurs in action tomorrow against Brentford. Meanwhile, for Newcastle, that victory moves them up to seven. Uh, Don, from a Newcastle perspective, your childhood side, what a result. What a result, Dan. I was at uh, Craven Cottage on Saturday for the FA Cup win, and it felt as though with Jacob Murphy back in the side, Almiron, you know, there was talks of him going to Saudi, well, their window closes tomorrow, so I can't see that move happening. They were back to their best against Fulham, and then they went away, they got a clean sheet against Fulham. Um, I think it was more or less the exact same 11 that started the game tonight, so it shows you they're strong. There's players starting to come back from the treatment table, and they're looking good again. That back line, they are giants when you think of Dan Byrne and Sven Botman. Mm. Uh, Fabian Scher, who got two tonight, and obviously Kieran Trippier with his quality. Um, the only, the only, uh, I think, the, 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 they, they lost Isak later on in the game, which is obviously a concern, and then Gordon played through the middle. So they're still leaking one or two injuries. Dubravka had a leg strapped up later on and sort of limped off in the, in the 90 off minute, well, sort of limped through the game. But the players are starting to come back. They're strong. Shaka knows when you play games in the Premier League, Dan, it can turn very, very quickly. And they've got a clean sheet against Fulham. They've gone 3-1 tonight. Longstaff missed a sitter towards the end, so it should have been four or could have been four. Then the games that they've got coming up, they've got Luton and they've got Forest. So there's no reason now why Newcastle can't be op- optimistic they can put a run together. It's incredible. Shall you take a look at their run leading into this? Obviously, Don mentioned the Fulham game, but before that, he had four straight defeats in the Premier League. Yeah, uh, and, and a, a couple of weeks ago, I said that, that Newcastle were had this run of games that included Villa, included Arsenal, but about 10 others in the, in the next 12 were very winnable games. Yeah. And it was important that with players coming back off the treatment table that they make, they make the most of this. I thought this should have been a tougher test uh, than, than it actually panned out to be and why the opening two goals came from set pieces, no less than Newcastle deserved. And, and, and I felt Villa were a little bit poor to start with. In, in, in that, 
I thought Villa allowed Newcastle to press them really high up the park and, and kind of take the onus of this game to Aston Villa, which really surprised me for a team you spoke about their home record coming into it and just invited that. And, and it, it, had, uh, it had Newcastle playing with a confidence at Villa Park that I certainly didn't expect uh, early on. And then after about 15, 20 minutes, they started to press and it became a little bit more of an even game. But at that point, Newcastle are in their stride. Newcastle are playing with confidence. And, and while I mentioned, as I mentioned, the opening two goals come from, from set pieces, I thought Newcastle were, were really bright. Uh, Gordon, Almiron, Murphy just continues to, 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 to shine so, so brightly in terms, of, in terms of Newcastle on the counter-attack and playing and pressing high up and, and with pace. Uh, and, and from then, in, in, in truth, again, while maybe, maybe 3-1 might, might be a little bit kind, I, I don't think anybody questions that Newcastle were easily the better of the two teams um, on, on the night. And we're seeing those injuries, Sevilla, just start to catch up with them a bit, Don. Yeah, I think Pau Torres is a miss, you know. Yeah. Uh, I think Clement Longley is a good defender, but he's not Pau Torres. I think that's the miss. I mean, they're... they're They've got one or two injuries. They've still got a good team. They've still got a fantastic manager. But the results, momentum, they're having their little blip. Uh, they drew, I think, against Sheffield United. I think they drew against Everton as well. They've chucked a few points away. They were leading 2-0, don't forget, against Man United. They lost that game 3-2 as well. So the season that they're having is amazing. But it could have been so much more, and it still can be. But they're just having their blip at the sort of wrong time. So they've got to try and get players back. I'm not sure if they'll make any moves in the transfer window from now till the window closes. Um, so they need to get back on the training ground, try and get back on the horse, try and churn out a win, even a scruffy win, because they're having a, they're having a torrid time of late. And what's intriguing is Tottenham are in action against Brentford tomorrow. We know Brentford's form isn't the best coming into this. Now, that would put them level on points. And I think eight points then would separate them and West Ham in, in sixth. I think it'd be fair to say we've got a two-horse race for a top-force place. Is that yeah, fair, Shaq? I, I, yeah, I, I agree. I, I think certainly between, between West Ham and Newcastle, and, and while Newcastle are three points back and West Ham have that game in hand, I just feel Newcastle with everybody back is, is the more likely... And the bookies have Spurs like, as the favourites. Right now, given the way Villa are trending, I, I totally agree. I, I just thought, particularly um, to start the game, Villa looked like a team that, that are slightly lacking confidence. It's only late on... Um, they're trailing two, and, and um, Leon Bailey comes on. That, that I thought he started to see the best of Villa. So that that's concerning. Their form and that what seems to be a lack of confidence. While I think we've seen the worst of Spurs, they've had their injury problems um, and, and have somehow come through it. Even even despite the criticism at the time, with the way Postecoglou had a team playing with that high pressing, regard, even though he didn't have the pace with, with Van der Ven uh, defensively. You know who they are, and, and they've come through that wonderfully well. And then with players coming back, and I'm thinking primarily Hyungmin Son from, from, from Asia, um, they, they're the ones more likely to finish in the top four than, than Villa, certainly. Don't say 50-50, Don. <laughs> it was 50-50 the other day, but now go on. I'll give you a 60-40 in Tottenham's favour. Oh, really? That's quite a big jump, Don. Well, that's what I do, Dan. I, I'm bold in my predictions. I try to keep the numbers. I try to keep the numbers even. At the same time, I don't try and confuse myself with these. Uh, there has to be a numbers. zero in the end. Yeah. I'm bold in yes. my maths. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. There's got to be a zero. 
I tell you what, you would have been very bold today to say that Luton Town would win by four goals to nil, but that's exactly what happened against Brighton. Take a look at what this means for the table now. I think pretty much everyone had Luton down, didn't they? When they came up, oh, it's great for them. You know, nice little stadium. Look, you've got to walk through a garden, whatever. But they are out of the relegation zone. It's quite extraordinary. Sheffield United, meanwhile, were 2-0 up against Crystal Palace. They lost 3-2. Burnley are very much in the mix. They've only got Manchester City tomorrow. No worries there. Everton drew 0-0 against Fulham. I didn't watch that, but I'm very happy that I didn't. (laughs) Uh, uh, Luton then out of the relegation zone, but Forrest are in it, Brentford are in it, Crystal Palace with a big win for them to lift them up. But what a performance this was from Luton, which of course had the dream start, Don, when they were 2-0 up within the first three minutes. Unbelievable. I mean, Brighton tried from kickoff to try and play their way out from the back, and they lost a goal, I think, inside 18 seconds. Adebayo got his first hat-trick, and it was almost like you were watching a side in Luton who are so unconventional and don't mind doing it their way, and they come up against a Brighton side who want to be pretty perfect and they want to pass the ball around, and all of a sudden at the Kenny, they just absolutely beat them up. And they said, we're bigger, we're stronger, we're faster, and you go and try and play through us and we'll close you down. And they scored four, and the atmosphere was off the charts. It was amazing. I didn't see that one coming, I must admit. I mean... Luton were brilliant, Brighton were all over the place, which is unlike a Deserby side. But it's so refreshing, I think, having or watching Luton and the Rob Edwards side with Mick Harford sort of higher up there, who have said from day one, we're going to do it our way. We're not going to be pretty. We're going to launch it. We're going to try and play when we can. They're a good side. They've got good technicians. Ross Barkley's playing well and Andros Townsend and Alfie Doughty at left back. But when we need to go long and when we need to pump it, we'll do it. And they've done exactly that tonight. They were superb. So who the heck's going down, Shaq? Good Lord. Uh, that, that's a really good question. I, I think the bottom two are, are, are going. Yep. I, I just don't see Burnley playing their way out of trouble. When, when Everton had that 10-point deduction, I think we were unanimous in saying this is the best season to get a 10-point deduction. You, you'll be fine. But they now back, find themselves back in the bottom three. Um, I, I still I, uh, Matt Turner's a real problem for Forrest, isn't he? Uh, yeah. I, I, I was about to say, I, I still feel Everton have enough to get themselves out of that bottom three. Nottingham Forest, for me, are just trending entirely in the wrong direction. And while they try to steady the ship, I, I, I just feel that, that the goalkeeping issue that they've kind of had to endure and that time made worse for themselves, I, I feel that comes back to cost them. I, I, I saw a Nottingham Forest team today, even at home, that, all right, it's against Arsenal, but would have, been, would have celebrated a point. Um, and, and if you're that close to the bottom three, if you're trending the direction that they are, you at, at home, you have got to show some kind of desire. I didn't see it until, until uh, Arsenal scored their second goal. Um, so of everybody there, I am most concerned about Nottingham Forest. Who's going down, Don? Do you know my worry, Dan, is Everton are still getting investigated, so they might get a more or a bigger points deduction, and that would absolutely crucify the club. If they get another five or ten points, that's probably them gone. So they're, they're fighting, they're just getting on with it. I hear Sean Dyke saying there's nothing we can do, we can't control the uncontrollables. All we can do is try and get results on the pitch. I think the result of the night, in a strange sort of way, was Crystal Palace's win, because they've been horrendous lately. If they had a loss tonight or drew against Sheffield United, I would have had them... Not favourites, but close, sailing close to the wind to go down. To answer your question, I still think it's between uh, Everton and Luton. 
meanwhile, of course, the action will continue tomorrow. Uh, oh, before we do that, let's just promote the FA Cup that's coming up. Of course, we've got all the, uh, all the next round matches for you. Uh, well, I'll try and sell it better when we get there. Uh, Blackburn, Newcastle. <laughs> yeah, give me some time to give work on Give me some my time enthusiasm. to work some spin on this. Because it's going to take a lot of spin. Uh, is to be for uh, the week, uh, the end of, of February. <sighs> <laughs> Uh, meanwhile, tomorrow at Anfield, Liverpool taking on Chelsea. Liverpool 7-4 on to get the victory. Chelsea 4-1 to a draw, 7-2. to uh, Let's take a look at everyone's predictions uh, going into that clash. I imagine, has everyone gone for Liverpool? I haven't seen them. Um, I know that I did, Chakra, did you? I did. Yes, I, I you did. did. We are too far did. apart, Doug. Nah, here we are. So, yeah, everyone. Yeah, everyone thinks Liverpool's going to score three, conceding one. I, in fact, think they're going to take a clean sheet. If you haven't heard, Jurgen Klopp will be leaving at the oh, end right. of the season. He was asked at his press conference ahead of this game whether he thought his departure would spark a mass exodus. These players love to be here. Don't forget that. It's not that they are out on one foot out. That they want to know a little bit about perspective, but that's there and it will happen. And it will happen especially behind the scenes. And the only annoying part is that is you. Because everything is fine just because we have constantly answered questions. It sounds like, we have, what's going on there? Why they don't do that? Why they don't do that? Why they don't do that? Because things, especially the important things, need time. So it's all fine. Don't worry. You can worry just for you at home. Don't worry. Um, and um, it, it's fine. The boys love this place. Write what you want. This club is stable 100% and, and everything will be fine. I'm 100% sure. And the rest, we have to get through this, we have to get through your questions, we have to give some answers, and that's how it is. If our people, I would recommend to stay calm. Don, do you remember when he said he was going to leave? He was going to answer all the questions now in that press conference and then never talk about it again. But of course, <laughs> inevitably, different elements come up. It's that interview from Van Dyke that he's referencing mm. and we spoke about yesterday where he said he's curious to see in which direction the club will go, given, of course, his contract is up in 18 months' time. <laughs> How many times do you say he's fine? <laughs> uh, I, I lost call. I've heard that from Mrs. Thomas a lot when she's definitely not. Uh, but overall, Don, how much of a distraction is this on the pitch? Uh, on the pitch, I'm not so sure it is, Dan, because it gives, it gives them the incentive to go and win everything that they can for the manager. I think that the outside noise is a worry because the timing, I think, of Jurgen Klopp announcing that he's going to leave, I think it's going to be the, the journos are going to ask questions every single week because... Why wouldn't they? Um, he'll be getting, I would imagine, annoyed and, and pretty, um, I, I think, annoyed at what's going on in terms of asking the question every single week. And then it gets flipped on the players. Then Van Dijk, I think, give a pretty honest assessment and honest answer by saying, I'm curious because as a player you are. I mean, I was at Liverpool when Kenny Dalglish signed me and then within three or four months, he announced after the 4-4 draw against Everton that he was leaving. So I can remember the dressing room being pretty sombre and then what you do... As a player, you're quite sort of selfish where you think, well, who's going to come in? Who's going to be my gaffer? I might not get on with him. I might not fancy him. The manager not, might not fancy me. So I think Van Dijk answered it honestly, maybe a little bit too honestly. Could have protected himself um, and the outside world in terms of the fans in the dressing room a little bit better. But this is just going to be a question that's get, going to ask Jurgen Klopp. If it's not Van Dijk today, it might be Mo Salah next week. It might be Diogo Jota, it might be Darwin Nunez, it might even be Trent Alexander-Arnold, who's got 18 months left on his contract as well. So it's a distraction off the pitch, 
but I can't imagine even listening to Jurgen Klopp there. He puts it straight, doesn't he? You know, he doesn't try to, to waffle. He doesn't give you any sort of nonsense answers. He just gives you and tells you how it is. So he'll have his team focused, I would imagine, for Chelsea. How did Chelsea win this game, Don? Well, normally, I think over the years, I think at the bridge, I'm not sure what their record's like at Anfield, but normally it's been a draw, this, this type of fixture. So they can go there and try and frustrate. At the same time, I don't think they can. They've got to be perfect in their performance. They've got to be perfect, perfect in how they defend. They're going to have to ride their look. The goalkeeper's going to have to make saves. If Caicedo plays, Enzo Fernandez plays, they're going to have to have a really good game. I think going back to the first game of the season when Chelsea played Liverpool, it was a nil-nil draw. Chelsea were actually the better side, even though it was match day one and everything sort of turned since then. But I've just got Liverpool as, as massive favourites because Jota can score, Darwin Nunez mm. can score, Trent's back. Uh, I'm not sure if Sabozlai's back, but I think he's been on the training ground. Canate's in good form. Kwanzaa's in good form. Alisson, as we know, is one of the best. Van Dijk's back to his best. So they have to be perfect to win the game, Chelsea. Liverpool are brilliant. We've seen a lot of Liverpool, yeah. haven't we? Obviously, FA Cup, Carabao Cup. And there's just something about them at the moment. They've got that swagger that they had when they won the league a few yeah. years ago. They're, they're playing, they're, again, they're, they're a team playing with confidence. And even after Mo Salah left, because you know exactly who Liverpool are, um, everybody's kind of slotted in. Big question marks uh, about, about so many. Would they be able to fill the void? Um, and, and would Darwin Nunez be able to, to, to find his, his shooting boost? And, and all of a sudden, he's come good. Liverpool are, are playing with the, 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 the swag, as, as I mentioned. And their identity hasn't changed. They're going to press you up the, uh, high up the park. They're going to force you into mistakes. And then to your question is how do you play your way out of that pressure to then find space with Liverpool defensively. As, as we get to the important part of the season, so many of those injuries, long-term injuries, are, are slowly but surely coming back. Robertson got minutes. Um, it, and it's, it's everything is just seeming to come together for Liverpool, outside of the fact that, that, that Jurgen Klopp is leaving. Now, I, I don't think... I, I think that's more encouragement than a distraction for the Liverpool players. And, and to, to your question about Van Dijk and, and, that conf, uh, and what he had to say... I feel so, so much of that is a player just saying what needs to be said, certainly in the short term, a player who's 18 months left on his contract, you expect him to be renegotiating. Jurgen Klopp leaving doesn't change what Liverpool as a football club stands for and how attractive they are. Knowing Liverpool as, and, and, um, and how they do their business, a few years ago we had Ian Eyre on, on the desk and, and spoke to him about the, the process of hiring Jurgen Klopp um, and you expect that that process will be replicated. So whoever comes in, it won't be just another face that we're used to or that, that, that's on this merry-go-round. It'll be somebody who can come in and continue um, the work that Jurgen Klopp has done. So I'm, I'm not that concerned. But of course, as a player, you want to see what happens. You have 18 months left on your contract. You can use that as any kind of excuse to push it down to, to, to the wire in an effort to get more money, in an effort to push through a move to a bigger club, whatever it may be. So I, I, take, I, I don't take that as any kind of a indication that there, there'll be a, a, an exodus once, once Jurgen Klopp steps down. So Liverpool against Chelsea, our feature game tomorrow will be reflecting on Manchester City in action, Spurs, Barcelona as well will be a busy edition of ESPN FC. Passion, drive and patience, what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. 
eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights and more, whether you're into speed, power or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Let's take a look then at how La Liga stands going into these midweek games. Now, the boats that are featuring are the ones that went to Saudi Arabia for the Spanish the Super Club, Club so we, Cup. So we will see Barcelona take on Osasuna. It has not been a good week, has it, for Barcelona. Xavi, of course, stepping down. So much noise around this departure and quite a lot of it negative. Here's what he had to say in the press conference ahead of this clash. Te hacen sentir que no vales a diario. Le ha pasado a todos los entrenadores. Mira, hablando con Pep, ya me lo dijo. Luego hablando con Ernesto, también. A Luis Enrique lo, lo he vivido, lo vi, lo vi sufrir. Lo vi sufrir. Es que ya dije, tenemos que reflexionar. Creo que tenemos un problema en cuanto a la, a la exigencia de este, de este cargo. Creo que hay un problema porque primero no se disfruta, no es calidad de vida y luego parece que te juegas aquí la vida en cada momento. No pasa en ningún club. The, the problem I have looking at this, Shaq, like the motivation for the rest of the season mm. is Xavi the man to bring it to this team that have been struggling, given what we're hearing. And what he might be saying is 100% true. Pep Guardiola yep. backed him up and said there's no other job like it. The pressure's on you every day. Clearly he hasn't enjoyed it. But you've got to get it done yep. over the next few months to at least get Barcelona in the Champions League. And how much has he got that motivation to do that? I, 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 th I think he does because of Xavi. And, and because of what this club means to him as, as a player, as a manager, just as, as somebody involved, involved in the game. So, had it been anybody else, I wouldn't be that this but sure about it. just someone fresh, someone to come in and lift that dressing room. Because yeah, he looks like a beaten man. I, no, I, I, I totally agree. I, I totally, Xavi does look like he's, he's had enough, but I, I think he's determined to see the job through. But then, to that point, and again, this has got nothing, nothing to do with Xavi, Nothing to do with any of the players. The financial, the, the financial position of the club dictates that replacing Xavi might not be that simple. But why not just get rid of him now? Bring in Rafa Marquez, go for the gamble, and hope that he can just breathe some life into this team. Because I, I'm, I don't think the club are convinced that Rafa Marquez is the right choice either. That while just because... But not long-term, between now no, and the end right, of the season. Just, be, just because you, you bring in a new manager doesn't guarantee you that fortunes are going to change any. 
And if, if you don't, it's because you're more, to Don's percentages, it's, it's more likely that they don't. Um, or you regress, which is the one thing they cannot have, they're on the edge right now. But they can't be as bad. Look, they lost five, sure? those, those five goals against Villarreal. I to lose in that manner was embarrassing. Yep. And the only reason that Xavi wasn't kicked out after that game is because he said he'll leave at the end of the yep. season. What is it that gives you the faith that he's going to turn it around and you can't just say, well, he's Xavi? Because he hasn't been able to do it this season. I, I'm, I'm not sure there's much faith in Xavi to keep things on track. My, my belief is, given that he's not been shown the door straight away, is that there's even less faith right. in a Rafa market. Well, that's nice, isn't it? And, 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 that, and that's a concern. And I, as I said a couple of nights ago, Rafa Marquez, I don't think, did his, his um, credentials much good by saying this. I'm, I'm brand new this. I've, I've just done the reserve thing for a couple of years. I'm still trying to figure out, you know, figure my way, learn my way around, around the stadium, so to speak. Um, that, that, doesn't, that doesn't breathe a whole lot of confidence in, into anybody um, in, terms of, in terms of what's at stake here. Uh, and and that's, the, that's the big thing because what's at stake is not whether you finish first or second, uh, which has its repercussions for Barcelona. What's at stake is finishing top four. And, yeah. and given, given their financial position, which we've discussed for the last three or four years, not finishing top four, the difference between fourth and fifth, fifth is, is far more damaging than the difference between first and second. Uh, Barca, of course, did beat Osasuna, didn't they? When these two teams met in the semi-final of the Spanish Cup, they'll be hoping to do the same tomorrow in a game that you can see live on ESPN+. Plus. Our coverage will start at 12.30 Eastern, followed by Atleti against Rivera Cano, and then on Thursday, Getafe take on Real Madrid, who have the chance to go top of La Liga table. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antsgate presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. <clears throat> ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Capital One. Nobody had this bracket. Nobody had this lineup for the quarterfinals. No Morocco, no Senegal, no Tunisia, no Algeria, no Egypt. That's the top five seeds all knocked out ahead of the final eight, which kicks off on Friday. What a brilliant team it has been. Uh, Colin Udo joins us. Uh, Colin, show, where should we start? I'll tell you where we'll start. We'll start with Morocco getting eliminated by South Africa. Of course, no Mo Salah. Um, no, sorry, Morocco being eliminated by South Africa. But what a big shock this would prove to be, given the expectations around Morocco going into this tournament after we saw in the World Cup. Oh, yeah, certainly. I mean, <clears throat> they were Africa's first World Cup semi-finalists, and everybody thought, this is it. They're probably going to get in here. But, but, but here's the thing. You know, I, I was having a conversation in our Africa 
uh, I think it was a Nigeria WhatsApp group, and I was telling them, look, the, the, the African Cup of Nations is a different tournament entirely from the World Cup. And just because you perform well at the World Cup doesn't mean you're going to perform well at AFCON. And that's exactly what we saw. All the five teams that were at the, Af at the World Cup from Africa are all out. All the um, quarterfinalists from the last AFCON are all out. The top wow. five highest FIFA-ranked countries in Africa are all out. So this has been a remarkable tournament. And tell me you're not loving this. I mean, where else would you find a tournament this good, this unpredictable, and this unsafe for favourites? And where else would you find a tournament where the hosts sack their coach in the group stages, somehow they get through as the best third place finishers, and then beat Senegal to make it into the last eight? Exactly. And look, I think this might just be the bump that they need to get ahead. And to think that the um, um, Ivorian Federation were thinking of getting uh, Emma Renard, a former coach from France, on loan to come help them. And then they get somebody else, uh, and he just Emerson fight, and he goes out there and he's done the business. And now there seems to be not just that new manager bump, but also if you think about the reaction that they got from the fans when they thought they were out, going out on the streets, protesting, rampaging, destroying stuff. Now they've got a new wave uh, right, that they're riding on. And with that fan support, I think this just might be the tonic they need to go all the way. You look at it and they'll go, without a doubt, as favourites into their clash with Mali now, won't they, Colin? Well, look, you know, right now, uh, look, I'm happy for Cote d'Ivoire to take the tag of favourites because I don't want Nigeria to take it because it seems, what seems to happen this, at this tournament now is if you get the tag of favourites, then you lose. So I'm happy for Cote d'Ivoire to take the tag of favourites. Nigeria will stay as underdogs. Um, I've been told in my ear to say, obviously, they didn't have Mo Salah, uh, but you said that Congo were going to be Egypt, and you're right, Colin. Oh, yes, I did. I mean, uh, I think I've been lucky. <laughs> 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 I've been lucky somewhat. I mean, I got five out of eight, which is not bad. I got Nigeria, Cape Verde, Mali, um, DR Congo, and Guinea. Um, I didn't foresee Morocco anyway, so, yeah. Yeah, all right, let's get on to Congo. What, what can we expect from them in the next round? Um, if they play the way they, they've done so far, I think they might get past Guinea. But even though I picked them earlier on in the tournament, I think now I'm looking at Guinea, I'm liking the looks of Guinea. I think Guinea might just be the ones to uh, get past the DRC. And finally, Colin, of course, they have to win it, don't they? If Nigeria don't win this tournament, it's embarrassment. It might be, but look, like I said, when you look at the way this tournament has gone, um, all the favourites, the big teams, the so-called um, stronger teams being... I think Nigeria are the highest-ranked team left at this tournament, so there's a bit of a burn up here. But, I mean, I had a, I had a conversation with a number of players today, including our defender William Trust Ekong, um, the captain Ahmed Musa, and... Um, uh, and the one thing they stress was that, look, they've taken a look at the tournament. They've seen how teams are going there thinking that the big teams have been um, humbled by a smaller team. So they're looking at this and they're going to look at themselves going into every game, not as the favourites, but as the underdog. And they're going to play like underdogs. It doesn't matter who they face. And that's how they're going to take this game by game all the way to wherever they need to get to. So, I, Colin, you're not, get, I, I, you're, not get, <laughs> you're not getting any younger, Colin. I'm worried this isn't going to be good for your health, this tournament. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, look, I, I've had my days. I've had my days when, I mean, in, in 86, when Brazil lost to France at the World Cup, I cried my eyes out. In 94, when Nigeria got beaten by Italy, I cried my eyes out. These days, 
Um, I'm taking better care of my heart and my health. <laughs> hey, good man. Uh, good man. But I just... One word, even Cameroon, despite they're out, you can't avoid the conversation, obviously. Their goalkeeper didn't exactly put in the best show in that class yesterday, and Onana being discussed once again. Uh, yeah, I mean, Onana wasn't there, but um, Fabrice Andoa was not exactly a shining um, mm. light uh, for Cameroon. In fact, he was responsible not just for the two goals that Nigeria scored, but also even for the one that was disallowed. So, I mean, this is Cameroon that, is was built on great goalkeeper Joseph Antoine Bell. Uh, uh, I mean, you, you've got to look at it and think what what is going on with Cameroon. This is a team that used to have some great goalkeepers. What happened to them? So they need to go back and look at it and think what they need to do. And I think Samuel Eto will have to take a lot of the blame because he didn't hire a competent coach. Um, Rigo Besson doesn't have a good record as a coach. He brought him there mostly because of um, his friendship and as teammates. So a lot of eyes are looking at Samuel Eto right now. Will you go to the final if Nigeria make it, Colin? Well, I'm hoping that ESPN would, uh, would uh, tell me, look, you know what, Nigeria, I've got to the final. You go there and give us some real sorts of underground. Well, yeah, I'm hoping to do that. <laughs> I don't know. Shaq has just signed a big new contract, Colin. It could be tricky. Yeah, I'm not exactly. sure if there's any, <laughs> there's any pennies yeah, left you know, in the piggy bank. We, we should take some money off of Shaka's contract and give it to me and let me go to the Afghan. There you are. Colin, you'd, you'd offer that up, Shaka? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There sure. we go. Shaq is committed to it. Colin, great stuff, mate. Thank you very much. As you say, it's been such an unpredictably brilliant tournament minute so far and let's hope it continues into the quarterfinals for a lot more on it be sure to check out our youtube channels and subscribe to espn fc also on the podcast plenty of bonus material as always just go over to the website and have a listen the lineup then is set for the next round of the Asian Cup. Uzbekistan will take on Qatar on Saturday after they beat Thailand by two goals to one. Meanwhile, what a dramatic ending between Saudi Arabia and South Korea. It looked like Saudi Arabia were going to go through their 1-0 up. 90 seconds to go. South Korea in injury time get the equaliser that forced things into extra time and then we head to penalties. South Korea would win the penalty shootout. I'll tell you what was very interesting though. Robert Mancini, Roberto Mancini, the Saudi Arabian coach, left the penalty shootout before it ended. He walked down to the dressing room on his own. South Korea are through. They set up a mouth-watering tie with Australia. I want your thoughts on Mancini. Awful. In a word. Um, you sink or swim with the team. Now, there are many a manager who doesn't like looking at penalties. You see players do that. You've seen managers turn their backs. You've seen them go down the tunnel. If that's the case, go down the tunnel for all of them or turn your back for all of them. But as you're on the brink of defeat, even if it's inevitable, if your position has been on the sidelines to look at them all or throughout, then you do that. You, you, don't, you do not turn your back on your team. Yeah. I, I mean... Figuratively or literally, in, 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 in so many ways. And, and, and for me, I, I thought, for somebody who's been involved in the game for as long as he has, as a player and as a manager, I, I, I'm not sure how to explain or why you should accept that. It's embarrassing, isn't it, Don? It's terrible management, really. Man management. I mean, it's almost like Mancini's walking down the tunnel, washing his hands, thinking, like, that's got nothing to do with me. That's not a good look. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what his feelings are in terms of the players that he's got. I don't know what his feelings are, but he's got to manage them a lot better than that. He's got to make sure that he man manages them better than that because, as, as I said, that's, that's an awful look. So, so many times, even 
aside from penalties, you see teams go out in tournaments, mm. players collapse on the park in, in a you know a heap of, of, of emotional disappointment. Managers come round and hug and offer some word of solace, of some of, console, of consolation and, and or encouragement next time, whatever it is. And it, it's, it's Don's use of the word man management there that's just got me reflecting again on there's so many different aspects of this game that you look to a manager for, not just when you're winning, not just when you're losing on penalties. In, in every situation, especially, especially when you have a manager as respected, as experienced as, as Roberto Mancini. So to, to, to see that, I, again, you know, I, 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 I don't understand it. It, it, it. it goes against the fabric of, of what you expect from a manager, especially when you have some of these small, smaller, quote-unquote, smaller countries that prompt for these European managers because of their experience, because of some of those indescribables that, that you think they bring, and that's what he delivers. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I, it's, it's really easy to be a manager when you're winning. It's, you, you're always tested when you're losing. And, and he's failed. He's failed he, that I, test. I can't imagine he'll be in charge anymore, Don. I don't know, Dan. It depends how they see it. I mean, they're paying him obviously a lot of money to be there. And, and uh, for his experience, he needs to offer a lot more than what he's doing. He can't just say, by the looks of it, that's got nothing to do with me. I'm washing my hands of it. It's not my fault that we lost some penalties. It's not my fault that we haven't been good. Well, you're the manager. So now you've signed that contract and now you are there. You've got to make sure you have an impact on the job that you're doing and have, a, have an impact on the players that you're trying to improve as a manager and trying to improve the country. Or you just, if you feel as though it's not for you, then you've got to walk away. You've got to sacrifice all the money that you're being paid, hold your hands up and terminate your own contract. You can't just be weighed to be paid off. He's only been there five minutes. Uh, so those knockout stages will continue later on in the week. Let's uh, so we've got more games for you. Starting tomorrow, Hertha Berlin, taking on Kaiserslautern, uh, Bayer Leverkusen, Stuttgart and Saarbrücken against Borussia Mönchengladbach. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, those games available on ESPN+. Uh, meanwhile, a couple of games in the championship today. Coventry City with a 2-2 draw against Bristol City. Meanwhile, Leicester continue to fly a 3-1 win over Swansea. What does that mean? Well, it means that Leicester extend their lead over Ipswich, who sit in second. Uh, Leicester one point clear of them. Meanwhile, for Coventry, they remain sixth. Uh, that's it then. That brings us to the end of today's show. Be sure to stay tuned. Don, as promised, will be back. Shaka as well, as we'll be answering your questions on Extra Time. Welcome into the latest edition of Extra Time. Don is here. Shaq is here. Now, Frank was supposed to be here. But from the profanities that we heard as he was trying to sort out his technical problems... It sounded like he had Don's internet connection. Yes, yes indeed. <laughs> not just me, then. Don of... Uh, <laughs> uh, Don, just tell people where you are, because they might be thinking, why have you got a big line in your bedroom? I'm at the Premier League studios. I'm at PLP in Stockley Park. There I'll you be go. commentating yourself. on the games tonight, so, yeah. Yeah. I was listening to you. Is that where the VAR is? Is, is he yeah. friends yeah. with VAR? Yeah, that's it. Tom's oh, friends with everyone, isn't he? Mm. As long as he gets paid. Um, obligatory percentage <laughs> question for Don. Uh, oh, we talked about this on the show. Spurs to finish above Villa. 60-40. Spurs favourite. 60-40. Spurs favourite. So. Yeah, it was 50-50 yeah. last week. Yeah. Yeah, 60-40. Yeah. It'll be 70-30 or 80-20 or 90-10. It definitely it won't be anything... It... 
Yeah. Keep the notes Keep. in. Name a five in him for a little five oh, in Oh, don't put a five in there. Number <laughs> <laughs> seven. Number seven, eight, or a nine. No good. <laughs> For the panel, when you were playing, did you guys ever have the media excitement over a player's relationship, like here in the US, over Taylor Swift's relationship with Chiefs' Travis Kelsey? Was Beckham's relationship with Posh Spice comparable in England? That's that's the only one yeah, that, that's that, that comes, mine, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Ben Beckham and Posh Spice. Um, yes. No. Um, Jamie no. and Louise? Uh, no, no, no. Uh, Beckham and, and, and Victoria were, uh, David and yeah. Victoria were, 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 were yeah. bigger, were, were as big as it gets. And Jamie I, I and Louise were Jamie Redknapp, by the way, and Louise, who was in Inter Eternal, I believe. That's right, that's right, right. Yeah. Eternal, yeah. Which was yeah. a, a popular girl band back in the day. Okay. But, um, you had the poster. Thank, you had the poster. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was just about to say, thank goodness we've got Dan. He's <laughs> the one who'd remember. There you are, I can fit <laughs> together the pop culture. Yes. Who else? <laughs> huh? Who else? I can't think of anybody. No, not, nothing, Win. Dwight York and Jordan was a big story. Your friend. Oh, uh, for different reasons. Who's the golfer with Gretzky's daughter? Uh, Dustin Johnson. Yeah. Dustin Johnson. And when yeah. Gretzky's. Uh, I, yeah, yeah, I don't. That's not quite. That's, that's not. We're uh, not yeah. picking on on other ones. We've got the football ones, Don. Uh, there's, there's, okay, there's, I'm, just chuck, I'm just chucking a little bit of knowledge in there because Shaka's knowledge of Germany was Sao Paulo. <laughs> it's in Germany. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that, uh, thank you very much. Was I wrong? I wasn't yeah. wrong, was I? I always thought there was going to be pressure on Kunagüero's uh, children. Yeah, oh. of course. Because, yeah, that, yeah. That's not yeah, easy, because yeah. he, of course, had children with Maradona's daughter. So wow. that, and that, Lionel Messi was a godfather. Holy <laughs> <laughs> best, little man. Yeah, I don't like football. <laughs> yeah, 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 I want to play Fortnite. Um, no, no well, chance on that. Yeah. Don, were you ever romantically linked to any of your celebrities? Like, no, call it a date. No, no. Oh, Let's oh, move right. on. Oh, 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 yeah, I was about to say, leave that out. <laughs> so before the World Cup, yes. as Don mentioned, St. Pauli, we played at Toronto Tobago, played at St. Pauli. I can't remember who we played. Oh, fantastic. Um, so I was there. But that's, that's as good as I got for you. Well, where right. is it? I'm pretty sure it's Hamburg. Hmm? Yeah. That's right. Right. No, okay. no idea. God. Right. Chaka, rate these managers based on based on work at their clubs so far from one to four. Okay? All right. One being the best, four okay. being the worst. Deservey, Arteta, yeah. Michel, Alonso, Ange. There's five. Well, that's five. <laughs> okay. Um, work at the club so far. Um... I'm going to have to go Alonso one. And, and listen, I, I get it. He's only been there, well. They were second from bottom when he took over. Yeah. So that's. that's Less than two. And then, you know, and Deserby's been there, you know, so it's difficult because Deserby's been there a bit longer, you know, but never mind. Sorry, right? Uh, Alonso one. Yes. Um, Michel two. Really? Yeah, they the first slash second. In, yep. in La Liga, depending on... Oh, they're first, that's when you record this, Shaq. So. Uh, yeah, but we, but I say slash second, because then Real Madrid plays and they go, you know what I mean, and then... Just at the top there. of La Liga table, why do you have to complicate I'm it? Just, I'm just saying, I'm just, you know... Right. So, Michel two. Yes. <clears throat> uh, three, I'm going to go... Ange. Yeah. And oh, I, was, I, was, I, was I, think, to... I think we're taking what Arteta's done a little bit for granted. Yeah, I know, but but again, but again, Ange has only been there for he's been there for a far shorter period, so it's, it's you know it's unfair. Well, it's an unfair comparison. Off, off the top, yes, yes. Top of Christmas, yes. Second last season. But at, at the start of this season, I, nobody expected Spurs to be finished top four. 
Um, given everything. But did anyone expect Arsenal to be title contenders last year? No. Yeah, but, yeah, but they're not right now, are they? Yes. They're in the title race still, aren't they? Oh, well, yeah, but you're not going to pay a mortgage on oh, them, I can't. don't think you can put Ange ahead of Arteta. I think that's pushing it. But Don? It's, oh, it's a tie. No, 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 stick to your guns. All right, so look, Dan, shut up. Come Dan, on, shut where's up. your backbone? Yeah. Where's your backbone, yeah, Shaq? Exactly. Make and a good argument, that's no, all. Just, you, so, and we got to Zerbi sh- bottom. Yeah, yeah. Has Shaq right, got a you? shiny new contract? Has Shaq got a No, Dan just says that. <laughs> Dan just says that. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, Don? Ange third, and uh, Mikel Arteta fourth. How can you have Ange over Arteta, Don? Because the body of work that he's done in a short period of time suggests to me that they are not far away from a trophy. It's a difficult comparison. I think I think you're complicating it a little. No, it's, think, it's, it's I think difficult. You're, you're taking it for granted. I think you're looking at the league table and just judging it on the league table, Dan. Oh but yeah, we, that's we exactly what well, I'm, I mean, not, I'm not looking at what Arteta's done over recent years. Arteta's he's well, but, but he's what well, four years in. He's yes, four years yeah, in, yeah, so he's, he's you know it's One been trophy. it's been steady. It's been but steady progress, right? To your point, it's been steady right. progress. Yes. And just come in and he's just been out to the blocks. And so all we can judge him on is being out of the blocks. He's fifth. There's a but lot of Liverpool the blocks, fans, And Dan. all we can judge him on is being out of the blocks. Yes, Don. There's a lot of Liverpool fans that would take Postacoglu off the clock. Well, I, I, can see, I can see that. I can see well, why. I, I don't think it'd be well, a very why, wise decision. Well, well, why? Because he's a good manager and he's doing a good job. I'm not saying he's not a good manager, but addressing the question, the work at their club so far, I think Arteta's done a better job at Arsenal than Postacoglu has done, obviously, at Spurs, given what, what our expectations now around Arsenal are. You said Postacoglu funny. Yeah, I said it weird that time. Yeah. Normally, I don't know. <laughs> I said it properly. <laughs> <laughs> don't take a one-shot now. <laughs> <laughs> Outside the traditional top six, which players impressed you so far? Don. Oh, outside the top six, I mean... Um... Who's in top six? Spurs. <laughs> Do you know what, Dan? I'm going to say Joe Linton because he was ridiculed. Joe he was Ellington. On the left-hand side. Yeah. Joe oh, Ellington. Yeah. Joe was uh, yeah. Joe Ellington. Joe Linton, man. Joe Linton. Eddie Howe has turned oh, him into one of the best number eights in the country. I think he's been amazing. Newcastle are a different side, and he changes Newcastle. I think he's an amazing player. That's what about Easy Palace? Got a brace today, Don. Oh, what what a couple of goals. I mean, I mean, Ezra and Elise, two brilliant young players. And if I'm in the minority saying Joe Linton over those two guys, fair enough, because I love them both. I don't but I, think I, you are. I, I'm going to go Joe Linton. I'll, I'll, I'll do what Shackard hasn't done tonight, and I'll stick by my guns. I'll show some okay. backbone. All right. Stick by my guns? Eventually. You're buckled. Sorry? Shaq, is there anyone you want to say? No, I concur. Okay. (laughs) Don, percentage chance Marcus Rashford leaves United this summer. It's a zero, isn't it? My days. Who's going to have him? Zero that he leaves. Who's paying that wages? Well, the way that he's going, I mean, he's bumping the percentages up, isn't he? I mean, I can't imagine Brailsford and Ineos are going to be happy with his behaviour. Going on a bender a couple of days before a game. I mean, I'm a fan. They can't keep pushing the boundaries. It's not the first time he's done this. If they really want to make a statement and move on, 
They might think for the greater good of the dressing room, they might need to sell or they might want to sell. So percentage wise, 80 that he stays. But where's the 20% PSG? I, it only be PSG. Well, well no, if you want, no, I'm not talking about other clubs. I'm talking about how he acts and how he performs. If he, if he does well, what they're, Jaden they're, Sancho... They're not, gonna get, they're not gonna say, right, leave the club, that's it. Well, well they did with Jaden Sancho, they're paying half his wages. That's a different scenario, back. isn't it, though? Well it's, well, it's not, because my point is, if Marcus Rashford continues to go down the path that he's going, and he allies himself with the likes of Martial or Jaden Sancho, and he's got a beef with the manager, and he keeps turning up late, or he keeps going on benders in Belfast, and his performances are not good, and his timekeeping's not good, then that's not going to be favourable. Hopefully this is just a one-off, but he can't keep doing it. If Salah goes in the summer, assuming F FSG gives a new coach, sporting director, a proper budget, who would you like to see go to Liverpool? Ask Don. I'm thinking. Oh, God. What are Easy. you adding today, Shaq? Huh? Has he got a new contract? Is he down too? <laughs> <laughs> He's got old Rashford on us. He's he a Belfast Look last time. Look at Rashford there. I'm out on the bed enough. Uh, um, Don, who should How they How much get? money we got? How much money we got? Are we, are we fantasy 150 football? 150 million. Sadly, sadly, money's come in, spent a lot. M Mbappe, free transfer, give him the 150 million pound. There Boom, we go. that's a statement. Or, if you want to go a cheaper route, Jared Bowen. going to say... Wow! <laughs> hey, that don't is laugh. Such... He's an no, amazing No, 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 no. He's, he's been... Yes, but he's not in Pape, is he? He's been outstanding, but that's just, you know... Well, I've just said, if you've, got unlimited, if you've got unlimited money, it's Mbappe. If you want to go the cheaper route, Jared Bowen. I thought he was going to say Osman for sure. I, I, I would have, I would have lost 100%. a lot of money on that. Yeah, I thought that was where he was going to go. Thinking, I was thinking winger. Oh! All uh, mm. uh, right, okay. Um, are you going to... I concur. <laughs> Idiot. He's down tools. He's absolutely down tools. <laughs> uh, Questions for Dodd. With so many greats of football failing at being managers, what are the factors that decides a great footballer can also turn out to be a great manager? That's a good question. That's a great question, and I don't know the answer to that. I mean, man management, skills, um, having the knowledge, working under, I think, amazing managers to try and take all their best bits and the bad managers that you've worked on get rid of all their worst bits but you've got to have the talent I think I don't think you just waltz in there if you're a brilliant player and be a good manager it, it, it has to be man management and Keegan Keegan was a great player Keegan was great a really manager. good manager um, good, good, good man manager yeah I, I think man management is, is one of the most important attributes to, to any good manager um, man management um, so but you, you see a lot of a lot of really talented players at who, who those who struggle to become man managers or struggle when they become managers is because the game came so naturally to them so easily to mm. them mm. that they, I can't understand how you know how could you not see that how could you not control that ball you know uh, and, and that is, is is a source of frustration for them but if you have a, a manager who is separate from from his ego and and can you know, connect with, with his players on, on, on that human level, I think you've got the, the makings of, of, of a really good football manager. Xavi's a good example, isn't he? Xavi must be thinking behind the scenes, he must be thinking, how can these players not do the things that I could as a player? I know he's a genius, but still, 
still you must have that you must have that thing inside of you where you, you you're trying to train your players and teach your players and they simply can't do it that must be so frustrating we've seen but, but, an accepting it too like I, I know Avery John played at the Revs yes and he used to say all the time that Marner used to do the demos and he was he was the best player on the, on the training ground yeah and so now you have these these incredible players in in in, in Stevie Nickel and Paul Mariner um, who are now managers still technically better than their players but you know how down to earth they were and and able just to connect and, and just able to connect with those players even though and I, I think that's where that's where those really ultra talented former players struggle. Who are you most surprised have failed at management more? Don, Lampard or Gerard? I don't know, Dan. I don't know the answer to that. And that's 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 the honest truth because the job that Frank Lampard done initially at Chelsea was a good one in terms of having a transfer embargo. He could only bring young players in. Then he went to Everton under really difficult circumstances and kept the club up. Then he started the season, and we all know the state of Everton. You know, Everton are not, of, apart from when Ancelotti was there, Everton are traditionally over the last 15 years not a top 10 club. So they're always going to struggle. So the job that he'd done, I think, over the piece in his short career at Chelsea and the first eve at Everton wasn't too bad. I think Stevie was an invincible, by the way, at Glasgow Rangers. People forget that. And then I think what looks bad on Stevie is the fact that he struggled at Villa. And then Unai Emery's come in, who is a brilliant manager, and took Villa from the bottom three all the way up to the Champions League spot. So that 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 shines like a bit of a, a dim light, I think, on the job that Stevie done. But they've both still got time to come back. And I think good young managers, because I, I know it's in, in Frank Lampard's character to come back. I know that he wants another crack at it. And Stevie G's trying to do his thing. And hopefully he gets better with his management um, and the man management side of things. And he comes back and has another go. But being two two young managers, they've still got plenty of time. What do you say? What's Don saying to you about sitting on the fence? Before well, you... are they failures? Are you, uh, uh, no backbone, he accused me. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Uh, do you think rivalry between Figo and Zidane was dampened by Real Madrid buying both players? Would have been compared to the late rivalry between Messi and Ronaldo? I don't think so. I think they're very different players, though, still, aren't they? I'm, not, I'm trying to understand the question. So, w would we have had like a Me you know Messi Ronaldo right. debate all the time? Who's better? If Figo stayed at Barcelona and Zidane at Real Madrid, would that have fueled that rivalry more than we saw? But because in the end, both players ended up at the same side. Uh, I guess I, di I didn't realize there was a rivalry. I thought Zidane was by far the better player always. Okay. All right. Uh, final question: Which striker would be the perfect fit for Arsenal in the summer? Don Hutchinson. Yeah, well, awesome. Oh, let me, oh, yeah. Hold let, on, let, let me see. Let me, let me place let me my bet first. Think. Awesome, <laughs> is it Tony there's or a young, there's a, there's a young, There's a young Nigerian called Osman. I think he's quite good. <laughs> yeah. He'd go to Spurs when he preferred to work with a better coach. <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Do your thumbs up work today, Don? Uh, I don't know, actually. I don't well, think I'm we're going to try it. <laughs> it's done it on my iPhone! Yeah. <laughs> it's done it on my uh, iPhone! Amazing! Uh, what does that do? Nothing. Balloons! Uh, hey, got balloons! <laughs>
<laughs> oh, that is it. Uh, uh, we are done. Yeah, we are grown men. Uh, we are back tomorrow uh, to reflect on Liverpool against Chelsea. Oh. Uh, Manchester City are playing. Barcelona and Atleti are playing as well. Uh, be sure to join us. It'll be lovely to have you in our... <laughs> Punishment here. Now streaming. FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun. Now streaming on Hulu.